Hey you guys, what's going on? It's the movie retrospective and we're talking about uh, I guess it's like a classic Western, but it's also kind of like a different modern kind of Western. It was at the time. Unforgiven yeah. Yeah. from 1992. Best picture winner that yeah. year, matter of fact. One of only three, I think it was only three Westerns that ever won Best Picture. I remember seeing, I don't think I saw this in the theater, like, when it came out, but I'm not usually, like, a big Westerns person. Like, I've seen a lot that I liked, but I remember seeing this one, I think I rented it, like, maybe a year or two after it came out, and I remember really, really liking it, but I don't think I, that I had seen it since then, so I was, like, really excited to rewatch it. And, yeah, this is a great fucking movie. This is a great fucking movie. I remember when it was out, everybody was talking about it. Everybody was like, oh, you gotta yeah, go see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a big deal. It was a good movie. And what's what's great about it is that you can tell it's a it's like kind of like an indie flick in, in terms of budget. It's not super high budget. $14 million, I think yeah, it cost. Yeah, that, that's nothing by today's And stand. it made like way more yeah. than that back, obviously. But because the writing was so good in it. Is, yeah. That's why. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was a no bullshit Western. They tried to kind of expose the myths of the fucking... That was, like, the best thing about the, it, I think. That's, like, yeah. one of the main themes, I feel like, um, is that it's kind of skewering the mythology behind the American West, you know what I mean? Which I, I think it's kind of going back... They call it a revisionist Western, which is usually... That's a whole subgenre on, unto itself. And that uh, if it's a revisionist Western, that usually means it's, like, more morally gray or more morally ambiguous because in contrast to maybe, like, the pre-Spaghetti Western era where Westerns were very, like, black and white, like the morality. Yeah. So it's kind of trying to show you know the american west more like it actually was yeah. rather than like heroes villains black hat white hat you know yeah I mean? no it was it was a mixture of everything right it was kind of like something you'd see in the modern world basically just criminals a lot of them a lot of them were just criminals and then you had guys who were good or trying to stop the criminality and uphold law but they were bad too kind of yeah they were they were had a lot of human frailty in them and uh corruption it was just human behavior you know, but uh, this is this is a good good movie, and it goes. And, and Clint Eastwood's kind of going out of his way to go. Hey, look, gunfighters were fucking criminals. Okay, they yeah. shot people in the mouth for no good reason because they were drunk. They did things, you know. And then they they didn't remember what they did. They would just run away sometimes, you know, in a hail of bullets, and then just didn't realize how lucky they were to get away, you know. Because um, during the time of the what we would call the old west. They had pulp writers going in there writing basically superhero novels on what was going on in the way and selling them out Which, east. Yeah, and there's and a reference that yeah, there's they got a character in here like that. Right, and they kind of exposed the bullshit of those pulp novels back in the 1800s and what they were saying about you know what they were writing. That's not the way it was. It was uh, they were making comic books really based on what was happening, but that's not what those guys were like. You know, they were some of them were bombs basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, the, and like I said, I think that's the best thing about yeah. this movie is that it really does kind of like expose yeah. this whole like gunfighter is hero or like the whole romantic the whole romanticizing of that. And it's he's kind of trying to show the way it really was. It's like there was nothing noble about them. It's like most of the time they were just mad. Yeah, they, they were just mad. mad or drunk or they just yeah. like killed people. They weren't really thinking about it. Yeah. And he's kind of like Clint Eastwood's character in particular, uh, whose name is William Money. He was kind of like one of those guys that, you know, would have been mythologized 
in like an older western like he just went around in town like shot people and you know he was like a crack shot and all this other kind of shit like he was an outlaw but he's kind of gotten to a place in his life now where he just regretted like everything that he ever did and he was just like I was a piece of shit human being and I killed women and children without even thinking about it I was just drunk all the time and you know so there's nothing like romantic about that at all yeah, and now he, he's kind of trying to make amends by raising his kids you know even the members of the of the, of the gang that he was in the group were scared of him and or didn't like him right you know what I mean so it wasn't even there wasn't even any camaraderie among these outlaws you know they couldn't stand each other so they point that out you know and just it, it, it's a good flick because he's all this character Monty uh William Monty I think it was, yeah he's already a legend all right yeah people know about him but he's been hiding and what they believe about him is partially true but not really he wasn't you know there were like there's a scene where the pulp writer's going like okay you just killed five guys in here this is it, and he's 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 referring his to his own books and what other gunfighters told him. He says you're supposed to shoot the fastest or the biggest threat first. So which one did you shoot first? And he goes, I don't know. He goes, you don't know. And he goes, No, nah, I was just lucky in the order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, but I've, but I've always been lucky at killing people. Yeah. And um, there wasn't any. First thing he do, does, well. Um, they capture his friend and torture him and he dies during the torture and they put him in a box out in front of Greeley's store. It was a store or it was a saloon? It was a saloon, I think. It was a saloon. Yeah. yeah I think it was called Skinny's. Yeah. Or No, I guess it was called Greeley's, right? The guy's name was Skinny. Yeah. And they're in there forming a posse to go out for, go, run after William Money and he walks in. They were going to, he thought, they thought he was on the run. No, he went to him. Just walked right in. They turn around he's standing right there with a shotgun. Or it might have been a lever-action rifle, but I think no, I think he started off with a shotgun, double-barreled shotgun. And he goes, "All right, who owns this shithole?" And he goes, "I am the owner of this establishment." He just blows him away, boom! And the sheriff goes, "You just killed an unarmed man." And he goes, "Well, he should have armed himself if he was going to decorate this shithole with my friend out front." Which that's a lot closer to the way the old west was. They shot people in the back. They did all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, they were murderers. Yeah. You know? Based, you like know, I said, there was no nobility in it. No. Really, they weren't like heroic or anything. No. And there wasn't there wasn't too many of those. You know, I'll meet you out back high noon, and we're gonna duke it out in the street. You know, fair and square, <laughs> like a duel. Nah, nah, it's bushwhacking, assassinations, murder, getting drunk in the middle of a card game, and opening fire in a fucking crowded place. They did that. So, but there were some misconceptions about the old west. In general, guns weren't allowed in town. You had to check them in at the sheriff's office. Which they show in here, too. They show that. Big Whiskey is the name of the yeah. town. Um, it was mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful in the Old West per, uh, you know, per capita. The crime wasn't out of control, really, when you think about it. Um, nothing compared to what you'd find today. It's just that when something went down, everybody heard about it. There were outlaws. There were criminals. They made a bigger impression back then because the population was a lot lower. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. think it was more a case of that. Like, yeah. there just weren't as many people. So it was easier to, like, You're make right. a mythology about somebody that maybe yeah. didn't, you know, didn't do. And I think one of the best scenes in this, too, that's kind of, like, emblematic of, you know, myth-making is, you know, the kind of inciting incident of the whole plot, which yeah. is, you know, the, the prostitute, the girl getting her face cut up. Yeah. And, you know, it's bad. Her face is all cut up and it's scarred and everything like that. But you can see, like, as it goes on, like, the 
before they actually see her in person, the story of what her injuries are is like way embellished. Yeah, way embellished. Like way, way worse than it actually was. It's like a game of telephone. By the right. time the assassins or the, 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 the guns for hire heard about it, you know, they thought her tongue had been cut out, her eyes had been cut and out. They cut off her fingers. Yeah, and... pulled her fingers and toes off and cut her breasts off and shit, you know. But that's not what happened. She just got slashed up a little bit on the face. Yeah. Um, Which, like I said, that's bad, but it wasn't. At, it wasn't anything like for laughing at a dude's dick. Yeah, that <laughs> is micro. Yeah, he was he was drunk and he fucking lashed out at her. Yeah, he, they tried to be, buy her off, and what was sad is that the dude's friend who had nothing to do with it got caught up in the middle of it. He tried to fix it, but he got killed. Yeah, uh, if I remember correctly. So innocent dudes were going down with the guilty, which is that's the way shit went then too. Yeah, and um, and the thing about this one, like I said, every single character is morally ambiguous, just yeah. like in real life. Like, some of the characters do really bad shit, but then some of the characters, like, the same characters, like, aren't all bad. Like, they all have both, you know, attributes. Yeah. Well, even the, even the head hooker, she's trying to get justice for her friend who got caught up, but even she's maximizing it. She's blowing it way out of proportion. Um, try, and... and hiring assassins and uh turning down uh monies for for uh, uh what was it restitution you know they were trying to give her and that was an innocent guy who tried to give her a horse to yeah because he felt bad about yeah, what he his felt friend bad did about, yeah so it was just um and and the, and the actual victim of the crime is like kind of like an innocent bystander she didn't doesn't even really want to get involved there you know her I, I, she I guess she's not a pimp but it's her boss the head hooker. Yeah, the madam. She's the one that's that that that's really well. And all pushing. the other. I mean, and the thing about it is like the thing about it is that like you can understand. Like I said, because this is the inciting incident, you can understand their outrage. This yeah. poor girl's face was all cut up, and now they're saying, "Well, she's a prostitute, so now she's not going to be able to do her job anymore, or at least not be able to command the same salary, whatever the fuck." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because nobody will ask for her because her face is all messed up now. Yeah. Um, and I think what so that was like you know really bad, but then the problem was like compounded by the sheriff, who's played by Gene Hackman, Little Bill, his name is. And he was going to whip them, which probably would have been okay. Yeah, just whip them. Um, but the other guy was innocent. What would they whip that guy for? Well, yeah, but they, you know, yeah. they were together, so he yeah. just figured, like, mass guilt punishment. by association. Yeah, mass punishment. But then, um, you know, the, the madam was like, well, that's all you're going to do? Like, she, you know, he, yeah. he took away, like, her ability to, like, do her job, essentially, because he cut her face all up. Yeah. And so then after that, like, but then Gene Hackman is like, oh, well, now we're not even going to whip him. Now we're just going to, like, pay. Now you just have to pay the guy that, like, bought the prostitute's contract. Yeah, so he gets the money, So not he her. gets the money, not her, so yeah. she doesn't get anything. So, like, the prostitutes were like, fuck this shit. Yeah. And they all pooled all their money. Yeah. And they said, and they put out a call. They're like, we want assassins to come and kill these two dudes. Right. Which, like I said, is, you know, what he did was bad, but it probably didn't warrant that. Like, yeah. if they'd been whipped and stuff like yeah. that, that probably would have been... Okay, and then maybe some monetary compensation would have been yeah, in order. The, also, the innocent guy tried to do that. Right, he was the one that got caught up in it. He gave her a, a, a choice, like prize a pony. pony, which it wasn't really a pony. It was a young horse, but uh, but maybe they would call it a pony back then, a smaller horse. Uh, but some people like a pony. That's it. That was worth a lot of money back then. Yeah, was, she could have sold. That it. would have been like a, a high end car back in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Um, 
she could have sold it and got the fucking what's his name her pimp fucking is the one that got all the damn money yes, he got i think he got seven or five yeah, I think it ended up being like six or seven horses, something yeah. like that. Because they said, yeah, and he didn't have to like pay the horses right then. They said, oh, yeah. next spring, yeah. like after the thaw, because I think it was winter time, and it's like next spring, bring us, you bring me five ponies and you bring me two ponies yeah. or whatever, and give them to Skinny, right? Who is like the boss? So like the girl yeah. that got cut up didn't get Jack. Yeah, it was to, uh, and it had to do with the the fact that it. it it was kind of like damages against this contract that he had. So because she was property, she, like right. he he bought her contract, right? And so that's like uh, indentured servitude was fucking real common. It, it was, it, yeah. People forget all about it, you know. But no, fucking white people were slaves. They just did it a different way. You had to buy and sell contracts, especially women and Irish. Were kind of some of them were under contracts, yeah. with the railroad and the Chinese, and they just mowed them down like nothing. Killed yeah, them. they didn't give a shit. Give, give a shit. Uh, Irishmen was worth nothing. I mean, they were less than not, less than yeah. nothing. They were like a liability, you know. <laughs> but that didn't last long. They, they they stopped all that shit. And it wasn't the government. It was these corporations, man. The corporations had more power power than the government. The government had no power in Washington D.C. They couldn't reach out and do anything. Everything was local. Well, and I kind of feel and like, especially too, like out west too, because yeah, it, was, it was just so. It was outside the U.S. territory. I mean, that's sometimes. far, <laughs> right? Um, so. Yeah, the the, 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 the the prostitute, fucking I forgot what her name was, one that got caught up. Now, here's the thing. They were saying that she's no good, that she's useless. She wasn't that damaged by looking at it, unless they didn't have the special effects money to make her look worse. Well, I think that it was looked, kind of the whole point, that it's like, you she, know, they didn't know how it was going to look like when it healed. Yeah, that would have healed up. And when it healed, like, it looked kind of fucked up, but not, I mean, she was she still wasn't pretty. Yeah, you she wasn't could, You could still tell that she was a pretty, you know, woman. Yeah, it would have faded. So, yeah, they probably would have faded away. But yeah. I think that was kind of the point, and kind of the point, too, of, you know, when Clint Eastwood, uh, you know, finds out about the contract against the killers, and it's $1,000, and he's like, oh, you know, my farm is failing, so maybe I should get in on some of that money. Um, you know, and, and they were talking about her injuries like they were way, way worse. But I think that's why, because they're like, they're they're not saying that her having her face cut up wasn't bad. It was. But then, like, that being the inciting incident, which, in the grand scheme of, like, what ended up happening, like, what ended up, you know, happening in the wake of that was, like, so much, like, many, many times worse than that. You know what I mean? And it's like, and it wasn't even... And it wasn't even, like, the fact that she had her fingers cut off or her tits cut off or anything like that. Like, they were saying, yeah, her face was cut up and that sucked. But, you know, the the repercussions of it were, like, a million times worse than, yeah. like, the initial incident. And I think that was the point of her not really looking that bad yeah. in the end. Yeah, it, that would have healed up. She'd have, been, she'd, have been, right. she'd have been fine. It's not like he ripped her open with a saw or mutilated it or anything. It was a couple of slices across the face with an evidently a sharp knife. Uh, which is better than a dull knife, okay? Because it, it's a cleaner cut and it heals up a lot better. It just yeah. looked like lines. Was that a knife or was it, well, maybe it was a straight razor. Might have been I a thought razor. it was a straight razor. Might have been, which that would be even better because that's just almost surgical. It would heal right up if you put the bandages on, right? Tape her up, right? Or put a stitch or two. It, it, I don't even think she had stitches. So it couldn't have been very deep. Um, but uh, she'd have been all right. But it brought down, and, and the sheriff is like, you. basically he's like, you whores do not know what you've done. He goes, that $1,000 offer you put out bounty. is going is to bring in monsters in here like you've never fucking seen. And it did. And it did. Okay. And it did. Because they, 
They thought it was going to be easy, but no, that basically destroyed the town. It brought a bunch everybody of... Everybody heard could, about it. Right. Like $1,000 was a lot of money back right. then. And the, and the dudes that the dudes that got involved in the little slicing of the, of the prostitute's face really were just a bunch of cowboys. They weren't criminals or anything. They were working out at a ranch, and they were just working stiffs, regular guys. The one dude, really, he should have been punished for it. The other guys just got caught up in it. They were protecting him from all these assassins that were coming a lot of them get waxed uh out out in what were they called the circle t or the the bit t the bar t bar t yeah or the bar t's where they worked and that was one of the reasons why they didn't want to whip him the sheriff the sheriff was kind of trying to be practical about it you know he's like this is the source of the town's income i can't really go down hard on these on these cowboys or i'll chase the business away that's where your tax revenue is coming from so he really just should have given that dude time that's what I would have done. Yeah, I, I mean, at I least punish him, yeah. obviously, because what he did was bad. But it just seemed like everybody's decisions. Yeah. The thing that's great about this movie, like I said, and why the writing is so good, it's actually it was actually written by the guy that co-wrote uh, Blade Runner, by the way. All right. Yeah. Uh, David Webb Peoples, and um, so I think the great thing is that everybody's decisions that they made at the time. Even if you wouldn't have done the same thing, like you can understand why that person made that decision. That doesn't necessarily mean that they were a good person, but you know, like it was goal directed. It was just right. Like everybody had reasons for understandable reasons for doing what they did, even though like sometimes the repercussions of that like were way fucked up, like along the line. You know, really one of the best characters in the movie is the sheriff. All right. Yeah. He's caught in between a rock and a hard place. He's trying to bring civilization and, and order. To a bunch of fucking savages, basically, and they kind of, he's kind of they, there's a lot of symbolism in his character. Like he's trying to build a house in his off time, yeah, which is kind of symbolic of him trying to build a, a nation or to right. build civilization. It's not working. It's leaking. He's a terrible carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what's going on in this yeah. town. He's dealing with all these different people and trying to keep peace between them in some kind of civilized manner. Uh, uh-uh. civilization doesn't work in a frontier t- t- town. Uh, not really. And this this movie is a good demonstration of why it doesn't work. Not real well. And um, you think he's kind of a heroic character, but you find out he's got a bunch of failings too. His head gets big. He gets real fucking arrogant once once he starts once he steals fucking English Bob's uh, biographer. Then he thinks he's the star. And starts fucking cracking down on people. Yeah, like, because, yeah, because yeah, honestly, like, the first assassin that shows up is not Clint Eastwood and, the, and his uh, little gang. It's actually a dude named English Bob. Yeah. And English Bob shows up with this biographer, yeah. like, this writer. And he's written this book about English Bob where he just, like, totally polished his knob and, like, made him seem like the most awesome heroic gunfighter of all time. Called him the Duke of Death, his name of the, the books. And the fucking sheriff's like, no, the duck of death. <laughs> he keeps saying he, he, would, he would not say duke. He says duck every time. And he hates him. He knows him from before. Yeah. And knows the truth about him. You know, English Bob. Uh, which is the same dude who played a fucking what's his name in the man called it's Horse. Richard Harris. Richard Harris, yeah, he does a great job. He was in a fuck ton of movies. Yeah. He's very very famous. And British he's actor. just uh, this arrogant British guy who shows up insulting Americans and the presidents on fucking, <laughs> on, on, fucking on, on fucking Independence Day and just you know it's he called just them a bunch of uncivilized savages. It, you know England wouldn't Europe or England wouldn't have you that kind of shit. You know, it's fucking funny, but. Uh, at all, you can see things a little bit from his point of view sometimes. It's just 
He's just a good character. Good character. He, he is a really he good character. He gets his ass whipped bad. Well, that's the thing. And the and, irony of his character, because yeah. like I said, him and Little Bill, who's Gene Hackman's character, the sheriff, they have like a long history. And like I said, they kind of hate each other. Yeah. But the thing about it is that when English Bob shows up in the town, like, you know, looking to collect on the bounty that the prostitutes have put forward, um, and he's there with the with the biographer, and the biographer, who is all like all romanticizing all these gunslingers and everything. And so like Little Bill is reading this book and being like, this is a bunch of bullshit. And he's like, I was there at this and this isn't what happened yeah. like he's not a heroic gunslinger like he shot yeah. people in the back he just like shot people like shot out of people luck in the liver when he was drunk over a woman right shit like warning. that like there was no nobility in it no. whatsoever uh -uh. but then the irony of it is that after english bob gets his ass kicked and run out of town on a rail and the biographer decides to stay because now he thinks that little bill is actually like way cooler yeah and so then like little bill starts to get like a real inflated ego too and he yeah. starts like you know, walking around like cock of the walk, yeah. like thinking that he's like the shit now. Yeah, and then later on at the end, when William comes in and wipes everyone out, just like in just a hot-blooded fury, the the biographer survives it, gets up and starts quizzing him, and gets becomes fucking fascinated with this outlaw. And the outlaw doesn't live up to any of his expectations based upon what these other gunfighters and cops have told him you know about what combat's like and uh he tries to hang out with him but he was lucky to get away with his life i don't yeah. i don't think william william didn't kill him i think he let him go i think he did yeah. and in the end that biographer tried to help the posse kill william money remember that yeah he was there while they were telling them to shoot so yeah. they were all kind of shit bags yeah, everybody in this is kind yeah. of a shitbag. Like, yeah. uh, too. E and even if they're not a shitbag in the events, like, during the events of the movie, like, Morgan Freeman's character, Ned, who Yeah, is, Ned was a good guy, yeah. Who, he's a good guy now, yeah, but you're he was, but he, he was, was a shithead, like, back yeah. in the old days, just like uh, William yeah. Money was, like, right. you're meant to imply. Like, you don't see... You only see William Money and Ned yeah. in the nowadays when they've regretted, like, what they've done, and they've retired, and now they're farmers, yeah. and they're kind of saying, well, we're lucky because we didn't get killed, we didn't get arrested or hanged or anything like that we were kind of allowed to live out our golden years just like on a farm and in yeah. peace which um they kind of didn't deserve they deserved that to they die. didn't deserve they deserved to right. die actually but and that's another thing that's another thing yeah. that the movie kind of like highlights that your yeah. fate like a lot of people don't get what they deserve like right. the, the two of them were like the worst of the worst yeah but they, you know, they retired and they were living. And, and actually, William Money had uh, a wife. She had passed away like three years previously. Two and he had kids. Two little kids. Yeah. And um, Ned had a wife as well, like a common law wife. Yeah, uh, Sally, right? Sally Two Trees. Yeah, she was an Indian woman. Yeah. Yeah. He calls her an engine. Well, she's an engine. Well, she don't take too, you know, they're not real kindly. <laughs> they're not real friendly. Not real friendly. Said. Like, yeah. She, goes, ah, she always hated me. She knew I was bad. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. But that's what's so sad is yeah. that. The the whole situation, like William Money's character in particular, and I had forgotten because Clint Eastwood, you know, directed and everything, and he was like so much part of the marketing. You forget that like Clint Eastwood doesn't actually show up in the movie until like a little bit later on, because yeah. kind of you still have all of the stuff with Gene Hackman and the prostitutes and everything, and then only later on, like once the prostitutes, you know, put out the message about the money. And then, then there's the whole thing with English Bob and everything. Yeah. But then Clint Eastwood, he's like, oh, I heard about this $1,000 and I could really use it because my farm is failing. And then he goes, actually, he only hears about it because that kid, the Schofield kid, comes and tells him about it. 
because the Schofield yeah. kid is another kind of too. romanticizing. Yeah. Like, he's heard of William Money because he's like yeah. a legend. He was like the worst fucking criminal, like worst outlaw, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's worse than John Wesley Arden. Yeah. Who's worse than that? John Wesley wasn't that bad. He, he just had a fucking bad reputation. There was a lot worse ones. <laughs> um, yeah, they have this. They have this trio of these outlaws. Two of them are retired, and who summons them into back into the, into the game is this young kid called the Schofield kid. And, and there's why do they call you the Schofield kid. You from Schofield? He goes, no, because I carry this Schofield revolver, and I'm thinking me and Jenny are laughing. Yeah, like everybody else. I said you might as well call him Gun Boy. Gun Boy, yeah. Your name is Gun Boy. Yeah, everybody's got those. And he's making all these fucking proud boasts. So he killed five men or six men, and you know, including Mexicans. And which that's another thing is that 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 in, in a good Western movie, you got to include the influence of the Mexicans. There were a lot of Mexicans inside the American territory, and they were players in it. Okay. Uh, I don't even think they showed any Mexicans in this, did they? I do not think there were any Mexicans. Yeah, all that Southwest stuff here was Mexicans, Mexican cowboys are in there, Mexican gunfighters. There's more of that in like Good, Bad, and the Ugly and Fistful of Dollars. There's, you know, the Sergio Leone included a lot of Mexicans. All right, which they, they were, they were, you got to, they were good characters. But it depended on the region. Anyway, um, he's uh, real boastful. Uh, and uh, he's kind of look. He, he kind of talks big and looks down our noses at these older guys. Sometimes he, he looks up to them, but then looks down at them, depending on yeah the arrogance uh, of youth. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> he's uh, he's insecure too. Yeah, big time. Because he's lying. He hadn't killed anybody. No. And uh, he's also got really bad eyesight. He's fucking. He can't see pat, far. He can't see like beyond, past fifty yards. Fifty or something yards. Like he can't that. really see. Yeah. And it turns out one of the things he wants to do with this money is get some spectacles. Yeah. Yeah. So he wants some spectacles and and, and find find clothes. <laughs> Which that kind of comes into play later. Anyway, um, when when it turns out at the end, after he scores his first kill, the Schofield kid, he realizes that wasn't as cool as he thought it was. He started fucking busting up about it, you know, crying a bit, you know. Because he shot a dude while he was on the fucking commode. Well, it wasn't even a commode, it was an outhouse. Yeah, he shot him in this while, he, while right. he was taking a shit. Right. And so it wasn't as glorious as he thought it was, you know. But here's the thing, that's realistic. Yeah. You know, me being ex-infantry, no, man, you're <laughs> you're raiding enemy, you're trained to raid enemy camps while they're asleep, sometimes using stealth. You know what I mean? And machine gunning people while they're still in their sleeping bags as quick, quickly as possible. It's not, you know, it's it's it's, it's about as brave as dropping a bomb on somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not. I, it's just you know. business. It's not. It's not. Right. It's not some glorified, wow, heroic thing like out of a damn old-fashioned war movie or something. No, it's murder. No. Real combat's murder. And that's kind of like, and that's, yeah. like I said, that's kind of like a big, like, uh, yeah. you know, central theme of this movie yeah. is that, you know, when he, because William Money tells him, it's like, oh, hey, he just, they saw him go in the outhouse because they were watching the house. Yeah. Like, that's and a he's good like, there's a good, just go get him. Go get him, yeah. You know, so Schofield Kid goes and gets him and like, he hesitates too. Yeah. Like, even though the guy obviously can't get away because he's in there like sitting on the can and, uh, you know, and he's in this little outhouse. So he finally shoots him like that. But then, like, afterward, he's just crying, and he's just yeah. like, yeah, I never shot anybody. And, like, probably Clint Eastwood's like, yeah, I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much yeah. Uh, from the beginning. But he's like, I never want to kill 
kill another person ever again. Like, yeah, you don't feel was, good. That first one's fucking hard, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, he said, you yeah. know, not only didn't it feel good, but it wasn't yeah. anything like he imagined he it that it was right. going to be. He thought it was going to be this big, glorious, like, badass yeah. kind of thing, and it wasn't. No, he no. just, like, shot the dude down while down he was taking low, the shit. Down yeah. low and dirty. Right. And that's the normal military situation, too. A lot of people are like, what? What are you talking about? The proud U.S. Army... It's not the way it really is, okay? Uh, military doctrine dictates that you want three to one numerical supremacy over the enemy before you attack. So first of all, you must outnumber the enemy before you really want to attack. And you always want to time the attack so you are at your most alert and strongest and they are at their least alert and weakest. So pre-dawn, that's usually where you want to do it. Or in really bad weather. Because you want the advantage, every advantage. Because you, when you think about it, you as a commander, your 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 responsibility is to bring as many of your guys home as possible. A fair fight is not what you're looking for if you want to bring your guys home. You basically want as close to murder as possible. That's what an ambush is. That's what a raid is. You know. So even the military is like this. So that's why William Money's like, yeah, yeah, welcome to the club. This is what it's really like. Yeah, he's like, sucks, not, not it. He's like, yeah. now, you, now you see why I'm so fucked up. Yeah, yeah, because William Money's got PTSD, seeing visions of his dead wife, heads busted open with maggots in her, and he's, dead people are visiting him, and is losing his mind with fever sometimes, you know. It's, um, because it's, it's down low. Yeah. You know? and he's and, and he's, like, having a hard time, too, because... Yeah. He kind of felt like his wife and his kids like redeemed him to a degree, but then yeah. like after his wife died, he seems like he's kind of lost the plot a little yeah. bit. And like I said, the farm is kind of going downhill, and he's not really sure mm-hmm. how he's going to be able to support his kids going forward. So, which is what you know gets him kind of sucked into this whole yeah. thing to start with. See, William Monty had killed so many people that killing a new person kind of allevi- alleviates the pain of the last one which is a phenomenon that you'll hear people talk about sometimes who are involved in. A lot of times it's like in uh, tribal-type warfare. The first person you kill, it's traumatic, so you feel kind of numb from it. And a lot of those armies will try to make sure that guy kills another person as quickly as possible, and it kind of replaces the psychological effects of the first one. It's kind of like if you ever hit your hand, you'll feel pain, and it'll get kind of numb. If you hit it again, it feels good. They start to get addicted to being in that... Right. Which is probably something like what a serial killer does. Yeah, similar. But it's just more about high-intensity gunfighting and shooting people in fights and stuff. Um, but uh, General Butt Naked talked a little bit like that. Says that once you, you know, was, he was an African warlord. Yeah, but, we did a show about him. A yeah. Um, says once once your soldiers start killing people, you want to keep the ball rolling and keep them killing as much as possible, or they'll start to question what they're doing. And start to have psychological problems. Strange, huh? But that's just the way. It's not do. really that strange. I mean, it, it yeah. kind of makes sense when you think because about it. Because each successive killing reinforces the ones before it as if you're justifying what you're right. doing. You're saying this is part yeah, of. Yeah, the, well, the farther you get into it, right. like, the more it's kind of like seems Become like more yeah, this normal, is, more right. part of you. Sure. So that's where William Monty is in this. But he's been in it too long. He's now old and breaking down. You can't lie to himself anymore. Because he's telling Ned, that one dude I shot, remember that coachman I shot in the mouth? And he says, and his teeth went flying out of the back. He goes, yeah, I remember that. And he goes, he didn't do anything to deserve to be shot. And he goes, yeah, you was a crazy son of a bitch back then. And he, it, it, Ned's trying to 
chill him out and keep him yeah cool because he know? can tell that he's like losing it yeah and he's he feels bad even about yeah i mean ned feels bad yeah. too but yeah i mean and ned was not quite as bad as william right. money was but it's you're led to believe that he's almost yeah. as bad because they hung out in the same they hung out and, and they're admitting that it, it didn't really have anything to do with uh, organized crime or anything like that or any higher goal a lot of it just had to do with being real drunk and getting pissed off and getting in fights Yep, and it really wasn't anything, and just shooting an innocent bystander. Yeah, just random ass people for just for looking at you funny or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're, it's implied that that's what a lot of his kills were. So yeah. there wasn't, like I said, there was no glory in them no. or anything like that. There wasn't even a reason behind most. No, of just them. pure meanness. Yeah, meanness he was just and like a mean being in a fury. Yeah, yeah. You know what's um, interesting about this, too, if you think about it, uh, when I was, like, reading some stuff uh, behind the scenes about this movie, is that it's actually loosely kind of based on the Iliad. Oh, okay. Like, the, the plot of it is kind of, like, very, very similar. Also, I didn't realize, but the concept of this movie goes all the way back to the mid-1970s. Um, they were actually thinking about doing, I think back then it was called The Cut Horror Killings, and... Um, they were giving it to Clint Eastwood even back then or even like in the 80s and he didn't really want to he wa he wanted to do some other stuff first like before he got around to it and once he got around to making it cuz it came out in 1992 he kind of felt like well this was his definitive statement on the western so he didn't really want to make any westerns anymore after that because this was kind of like his this is it this is like the the big like <laughs> you know well i would say story and writing wise this is the perfect western it, yeah, it really does seem to be. It's it only just... has one weakness. Fight and shooting choreography isn't all that impressive by today's standards. But it doesn't matter because the story is good enough. The characters are good enough to keep this movie relevant. This, this movie is still a great movie today. Had you made this movie today, you'd have had more intense gunfights and better camera angles and stuff. But that's just not the spirit of this movie. This movie is mostly a series of lessons. Yeah, right and I there. think that, and I think the thing, and I think that would have been a mistake, like to make the the gunfights and the you know violence seem more badass or more over the top or more intense, because the whole point of the movie is that nothing's ever like what it's romanticized as. Yeah, but that final fucking confrontation where William goes into the saloon and fucking attacks the posse, that was pretty fucking intense. Yeah, just goes in there, just cold blooded. With a shotgun, and just shoots an unarmed man, and then just works over a whole crowd of people, and survives it by luck. Yeah, luck and sh good shooting, you know. And he's like aware of that. And aware too. of it, yeah, yeah. That was the thing about William is that William knew, like, when the biographer now starts talking to him, the biographer was impressed that everything that he had been told by these other lawmen and gunfighters wasn't true, that this guy's doing this all on luck. Yeah. Luck and hate. Basically. Pretty much, yeah. And the only reason he survived, like I said, was just like... It, I mean... He had it, a kamikaze mentality. He don't think yeah. he really cared. And the thing about it was that, like you said, he didn't really deserve like his fate. He didn't deserve to still be alive. Yeah, and he said that. He walks up to little Bill and, and points a gun at him and he goes... I, and little Bill goes, I don't deserve this. I was building a house. And fucking William says, deserve has got nothing to do with it. Yeah. And it just shoots him. Yeah. Because you just, it's, a, your fate is random. 
Right. Good or bad. I mean, that's the thing. It's like he so did, much yeah. so much stuff is out of your control. Yeah. And I think that this was really good. The movie was like really good at showing that without like pounding you over the head with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like I said, you know, Clint Eastwood, he killed however many people he killed. I don't think they ever said how many people he killed uh, altogether. In that final one? Oh, I mean, in his whole career? In his whole career, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, they're... they're like a lot, they're yeah. Le- leading you to believe at least 50. Yeah, that it was like... You a know, lot. That they lost track, you know what Some I mean? Some of them were just innocent people. Right. That gave him a funny look, you know, when he was in a bad mood and just shot him. Yeah. Probably but then, people you know, that witnessed a shootout or something and he just... Boom, don't look at me like that. Well, like I said, you know, yeah, did little Bill deserve to get shot in the face while he was laying down? No, probably not. Um, You know, he wasn't a good guy, but he didn't really deserve that. But, you know, did William Money deserve to still be alive and have, like, nice two kids and a farm and all that other kind of stuff and have a peaceful life? No, he didn't deserve that either because he was a terrible human being. Now, what what William Money was doing, just shooting (laughs) bystanders and shit, There's, there's military... There's a call in the military for that also. When you're, uh, if you're in an infantry unit, back in the day, back when infantry really went to real wars, all right, not really these police actions like they do today, but World War II style shit. When you ta- attack an enemy objective, in other words, it's a place where the enemy is. You're maximizing violence on the enemy. That's that's you're instructed to do that, which means you kill everyone. All right. Uh, you're trying to maximize psychological damage and cause as much panic as possible so they will turn and run. Because when they're running, it's a lot easier to shoot them in the back. There's a reason for all that shit. They're try- you're trying to route them, you know. Well, that's kind of what William Money's describing. They're just trying to route an entire downtown area. Get the fuck out of here. I'll kill anybody. You know, that's basically what the, the message that... Which... Statistically, you'd live longer probably as a as, as as an outlaw doing that in that in the 1800s. That would probably yeah. promote survival. People would be afraid to talk about you, or they'd be too panicked to be able to describe you accurately, or they might not be able to identify you in a lineup. There might have been a lot of different ways, and it, it's so you're a lot safer if you're outnumbered against a bunch of people if everybody's running from you than if they're just standing there. You don't know if one of them's got a gun in their pocket. Right. So, yeah. There would be a reason why you would do that if you thought about it. Just being mean as hell. Just fucking try to put terror in them and get everybody to run. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that, you that, know, that would promote survival. You know, another thing that actually surprised me when I was like doing research about this movie was that... Um, where do you think that this movie was shot? Looking at it, I'd say California, but probably not. Probably Italy. <laughs> Alberta. Alberta. Alberta, Canada. Okay. Isn't that okay. crazy? Like, yeah, almost it, all of it was shot in Alberta, Canada. It looked like California did it. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah, like somewhere out west somewhere, like yeah. California or you know, like some of New it, Mexico or something. It looked like the base of Sierra Nevada mountain chain around that area. That's something, exactly something what like it looked that. like. But yeah. nope, it was apparently Alberta, Canada. And I was like, well, that blew my mind. I was like, I didn't know any part of Alberta looked like that. Shows what I know. I've never been to Canada, so you know what I mean? All right, so you have anything else you would like to add about the Classic movie? flick, man. It's, it's a must-see. classic, classic. Even if you don't like Westerns, yeah. because um, I'm not a huge, I like some Westerns, but I'm not a huge Western fan. But this is a great, great movie. Just it's not just a western. The yeah, it, it's it's a good movie. It has kind of gothic elements to it. It has um, uh, organized crime or gangster type elements in it. It just happens to be set in the old west, and it's got a lot of morality lessons in it, revolving around violence. What yeah. that's like, you know. Yeah. 
and what civilization's like. And like I said, it has kind of like a yeah. a theme about people's fates, uh, how random they are, and also, like I said, mythologizing, yeah. like that nothing's really like the way that you also the, hear that it is. The di- <laughs> dynamics, the tension between factions, you know what I mean? The cowboys versus the hookers versus the law enforcement versus outlaws, you know? Versus fucking psychopathic serial killer, basically, or multiple mass murderer, which is what fucking, which is what money was. He was yeah. a fucking mass murderer. <laughs> sure that. Yeah. But yeah, this is a great flick, and uh, you should see it. Like I said, even if you're not really into westerns, it's just like a good movie, just period, regardless of genre. So that will do it for this movie retrospective. We'll see you guys again on the next one. Bye.